fine. <laughs> Go ahead and stand with us and we'll sing a song. And when we're doing scripture, you guys can sit back down. i 
transmitido. In the timeline of Holy Week, the last week of Jesus, last Sunday would be when he entered into Jerusalem. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, he's interacting with the crowds, he's interacting with leaders, having various discussions. On Thursday night, tonight, he has his final meal with his disciples, something that we've come to call the Last Supper. Sometime in the dark of the night, uh, or tonight, uh, as it, sort of the equivalent would be, he is taken into custody. He stands before various religious, political leaders, and he is ultimately condemned to death. His crucifixion begins roughly around 9 a.m. tomorrow morning and goes until 3 p.m. So for six hours, he is on the cross. Scripture records that during those six hours, he said seven things. And tonight, we're going to look at those seven things. Uh, we've broken them into three groups. I'll share a few reflections. Uh, we'll have a responsive reading, and then we'll sing a song. And then at the end, we'll have communion. For tonight, for communion, you guys can stay seated. We'll pass you the elements, uh, and then we'll take them all together. Two weeks ago, I had never really looked into the seven sayings of Jesus on the cross. Didn't really kind of know that was a thing. I hadn't really thought about it before. Tonight, I find his final seven sayings remarkable. I find them inspirational. I find them significant. I find them full of truth. In the first three sayings, we find incredible grace. Jesus has been beaten horribly, he's suffered horribly, and yet for the first three things, Jesus is recorded as saying, these are some of the most gracious, loving, grace-filled comments one can make. In Luke 23, he says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. A few verses later, he says, Truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. And John records him saying, Jesus said to his mother, woman, this is your son. Then he said to the disciple, this is your mother. The first thing that he's recorded as saying is, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. On Luke 23, Jesus was most likely speaking about the soldiers who were in the act or had just recently crucified him. He has already been beaten by these men, flogged, mocked, hit, spat upon, ridiculed by these soldiers. They were not nice men. They beat him for pure sport. At one point, they were instructed to do so. They were following orders. But other times, they did it just simply for their own entertainment and because they could. These were ruthless, cruel, evil people. And yet, Jesus intercedes on their behalf, and he says, Lord, they don't understand the full depth of what they're doing. Lord, they don't understand that they are crucifying the God of the universe. Lord, they don't understand your wrath. And Jesus knew that for these soldiers, a day would come when they would die and they would stand before God for judgment and they would look to God's right hand and they would see Jesus in all his glory. And at that moment, they were going to regret <laughs> everything they had done to Jesus because there he is, fully illuminated. Jesus knows all this. He knows the future that awaits for them. He knows they're ignorant of them. And although they had been so cruel towards Jesus, Jesus asks for mercy for those men. 
as a people committed to peace and spreading peace, this is a remarkable example and inspiration to us. Secondly, Jesus was crucified between two sinners who, under the law of the day, deserved death. And at the beginning, both mocked him, but then one changes his mind. In Luke 23, one of the criminals who was hanging railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other one rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Jesus said to him, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. I missed it at first, but actually both, both men asked to be saved. The first wants to be saved from the cross, from death, from pain. He wants off the cross. He mocks God for not being able to do it. He says, save yourself and us. But the second understands the bigger picture. He recognizes, honors Jesus as God, and his wording is so humble of spirit. Jesus, remember me. And Jesus responds to that humble, simple request with the most lavish, extravagant response imaginable. Today you will be with me in paradise. Friends, our God made salvation so easily available to us, so easily available to others. Jesus was on the cross for moments like this, where someone would simply utter the words, Jesus, remember me. That moment is what Jesus died for. The third thing that Jesus said uh, in the crowd of onlookers was Jesus' own mother. And a mother or a parent witnessing the execution of their co- child may be one of the worst things I can fathom. John 19, Jesus said to his mother, Woman, this is your son. Then he said to the disciple, This is your mother. There were no retirement homes back then. And if family was unable or unwilling to care for you, then things got very hard indeed. Jesus, as the oldest son, is making sure his mother is cared for. It, it, it's a very practical, very compassionate interaction. It's kind of like being on your deathbed and asking your best friends to adopt and raise your kids. And one of the best friends of Jesus, it's believed to be the Apostle John, accepts this responsibility. This is a tender, caring, giving thing that Jesus does. And a very practical thing to make sure that his mother is looked after. Incredible grace and compassion in that moment. Our responsive reading is taken from Isaiah 40. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. 
for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Please stand. In the next two comments made by Jesus, we see him suffer. We see him suffer physically, and we see him suffer emotionally. In both Matthew and Mark record Jesus saying, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And John records Jesus as saying, I thirst. 
For the first time in all eternity, Jesus experiences separation from the Father. The wording of Jesus' piercing question leads us to assume that he did not realize that this was going to happen. That he was surprised by it. That Jesus had expected and hoped and assumed the loving comfort of an ever-present father all throughout his ordeal. But he is shocked and traumatized by the realization that God the Father is forced to look away, forced to abandon his son on the cross. Being abandoned is a horrible thing to experience. And Jesus experienced it. And for anyone who's ever had to suffer that, Jesus understands. Secondly, Jesus said, I thirst. Early on in the crucifixion process, he was offered wine mixed with myrrh. Um, this was believed to be almost more of a, a, like a, a narcotic drink that would deaden the senses, uh, deaden the sensitivity, but also just kind of like, um, uh, also kind of fog the mind a little bit so you just weren't as aware of things. Jesus refused, choosing instead to endure with his full feeling and a clear mind. But the second time, it, it's sour wine. This was considered a refreshing drink. We see it offered in the Old Testament as a refreshing drink, something uh, that relieves thirst, something that, that keeps a person going. It was kind of like the Gatorade of that day. This would have helped keep him conscious for as long as possible. This is what Jesus requested and what he was given. Jesus wanted a clear mind all through his suffering. Our second responsive reading is taken from Isaiah 53. He was despised and rejected by men. And as one from whom men, men hid their face, hide their face. Surely he has borne our griefs. Yet we esteemed him stricken. But he was pierced for our transgressions. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. All we like sheep have gone astray. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Please stand.
The final words of Jesus are words of completion. John 19, when Jesus had received the wine, he says, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Luke 23, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Luke and John uh, both record these as the last words right before he died. Uh, Possibly we're dealing with two accounts of the same moment, or maybe there was some separation between them. I don't know. But Jesus had done what no man could. According to Hebrews 9.14, he offered himself unblemished to God. Jesus had been perfectly obedient to his Father's will. He preached the gospel. He worked miracles. He prepared disciples to carry on his work. He obtained eternal salvation for his people. He defeated Satan's grip on humanity and restored authority to his church. And the sense of relief from knowing that something is finished. Recall a time in your life where you strained for a long time. hard season of life school maybe you ran a really long race a mother giving birth a boss who was extremely difficult for years and sometimes it's even watching a loved one who has suffered for years who finally gets to go and be with Jesus it is finished is not just a sense of relief for Jesus that his years on earth are finished and that he is crossing the finish line. It's also a sense of relief for us. No more do we have to sacrifice sheep and goats in a man-made temple. No more striving. No more do we wonder if salvation is available. No more do we wonder if God really loves us or, or, or or how to talk to him or if he'll talk to us. For us as well, when Christ said it is finished, it meant that the straining and the striving was finished. Jesus sighs a breath of relief for all humanity. Jesus gave so much, eternally and for today. We are encouraged not to worry about tomorrow and not to worry about the past. Our focus is eternity. And our focus is today. And Jesus provides relief for both. Our final responsive reading is taken from Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. 
For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. The steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. You may remain seated for this one. We're going to have communion now. Uh, care team would come forward. Um, we do open communion, meaning that uh, if you are someone who says that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, then you are welcome to do communion with us. For this, you can just stay seated. We'll pass the elements to you. We'll have some wonderful music playing in the background. Just hang on to it. And, and then when everyone has it, we'll all uh, take it together. And we'll start with the bread, and, and then we'll do the juice afterwards. So, um, yeah, I will just do a quick prayer, and then we'll enter into a, a time of communion. God, thank you that even on the cross you extend such grace. God, thank you that you suffered on our behalf. And God, thank you that it is finished. And so, Lord, this evening, 
to take communion, to remember you and all that you did. We love you, Lord. Amen.
blood of Christ shed for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your steadfast love is from everlasting to everlasting. God, thank you for your mercy, for your grace. Thank you that you are slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Lord, thank you that you do not deal with us according to our sins or repay us for our iniquities. But as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is your steadfast love towards us who fear you. We love you, Lord. Amen. Let's respond with one more song. Please stand with us.
Yeah, dismissed.